Yo, that sign right there can only be one thing. K-Shed, uncuffed. Coming with episode number four. Holy smokes, man. We got a little momentum going on right here. Episode four? Wow, okay, all right. You know, um, yeah, um, let's do this. You know, although I will tell you right now, I'm in kind of a somber mood, you know, despite it all. Um, you know, I was recently asked by one of our listeners as far as like, you know, what are some of the, the uh, fond memories you remember in regards to your time as a police officer? You know, I spent almost 20 years uh, out there fighting, fighting the, the, the bad guy, I guess, <laughs> you know, on the mean streets of uh, San Leandro, um, you know, and so uh, I was asked to kind of talk about it. And I'm quite sure that there's some, uh, some heads over there at my old department right now who are kind of sweating bullets and stuff. Uh, what's it going to say? What's it going to talk about? Hmm. Oh, yeah, they're kind of nervous and stuff like that uh, because they try to pull a fast one recently and it just is not going to fly. So um, my response to all that is going to come at a later time, maybe one of the other later episodes and stuff. This is episode four, man. I ain't giving y'all episode four. What's going to come is going to come probably on episode 17 or something like that, you know. Uh, I'll save it for then. But... Um, yeah, no, I was asked about what I, my uh, time as a police officer and my thoughts and stuff. And, and the way my brain works, it works systematically. In order for me to kind of really, really get into the, uh, you know, all the fun stories, you know, the car chases, the fights and stuff, and the camaraderie, uh, uh, being out there with your fellow officers and, and really, really uh, iron out a case that was very challenging uh, you know, upsetting and, um, you know, uh, but in, in the end prevailing, it, it's tough. I mean, it's one of the toughest jobs in the world. And if anybody ever asks um, my thoughts as far as like, uh, do NFL players deserve the multi-million dollar contracts that they get? I can honestly say no. <laughs> um, if anybody deserves a multi-million dollar contract, it's a freaking police officer, man. Uh, from the start of their shift to the end of their shift, they are going up against people they've never met ever before, um, but those same people are trying to take their heads off or do anything they can to, uh, you know, uh, fool the officer, get away, or, um, you know, hurt the officer in a lot of the, these cases and stuff nowadays. And, um you know, and we're, we're talking about 10, 12 hours of shifts of dealing with that stuff nowadays, especially now that the courts have given all the rights to the freaking suspect, you know, they're, they feel embroiled to act the freaking fool. Um, you know, so things have changed stuff. So, uh, yeah, I, 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 I don't miss that part, uh, you know, and, and obviously there's some good things that about being a police officer. I got some great, great stories, uh, but at the same time, they always reminds me, uh, because I think about the guy every day, um, it always reminds me of uh, my fellow co-worker who uh, was shot and killed in the line of duty. And um, then all of a sudden, then I have to, I have to sit down and kind of like put things in perspective because by rights, um, he still should be here and he should have retired with me 
we should have retired together. We came in together, so we should have retired together in my eyes. Um, but um, that's not how it panned out. I don't think that uh, uh, either one of us would have uh, thought that our careers would have gone the way that they did. Um, you know, but I think anybody who, who uh, starts off and takes on the challenge of being a police officer, I think they got to just kind of throw away any kind of set expectations and just kind of like put a blindfold on and just uh, trust their training that they received in the academy and then just kind of whatever happens, do the best of their ability to um, be the be the best person in the end. You know, I, that's really all you can kind of do nowadays and stuff, because uh, like I said, a, a lot of the um, uh, the uh, police abilities have been taken from them. Um, and it's a very, very difficult job to to do nowadays. So, yeah, I believe they deserve a multi-million dollar contract. These other guys are getting money for freaking playing a game. This is real life stuff. If you get shot, that's for real. This isn't like fun and games and stuff like that. And so it's uh, it's, it's very sad when I think about uh, Officer uh, 298. Um, he was a badge number ahead of me. I'm 299. Um, Officer Nels Daniel Niemi, or Niemi, depending on who's saying his last name, um, you know, he will, he will be forever memorialized at the, at the police department, San Leandro PD. Uh, uh, his, uh, his photo, um, his, his, uh, his likeness, uh, everything is, is etched in a, a fantastic memorial in front of the, um, uh, police department, him and the other two, two to three officers who uh, have fallen in the line of duty. And um, uh, that was a memorial that was very, very difficult for me to walk past, uh, you know, m just because I started out with the guy. Um, you know, he was shot and killed uh, on July 25th, 2005. And, um, you know, and so when July hits, it's always even harder to kind of deal with because you know that his um, anniversary of his death is just right around the corner, um, you know. And so it's 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 one of those things where you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to dedicate an episode to Mr. Dan Nimi, uh, mainly because uh, on the 25th you're going to see memorials coming out of just the kind of like the vanilla standard. Uh, he he dedicated his life for his profession. Uh, he was a stand, up, upstanding uh, officer who uh, was shot and killed and died too soon. Uh, yeah, that's that's true. But I knew the guy on a whole nother level, um, and you know, and and I don't feel bad for sharing the the stories that I know personally about Dan because I I know for a fact he would want everybody to know his true makeup because the dude was. <laughs> It was a, it was a quite the joy to work with him. But at the same time, it was like a him and I were like brothers, you know. Uh, we came in at the same time. Uh, we went through the whole, uh, uh, you know, application process. We had to do the uh, fitness tests, uh, the psych test, the written tests, all the tests that goes with being a, a police officer. Uh, all those were uh, obviously tough. Um, but him and I were, um, and, and a third officer, we, we, we were fortunate enough to get hired and, um, by San Leandro Police, uh, and um, we were sent to the police academy to uh, do our thing, you know. Um, 
you know, if you picture Dan, he doesn't look like a cop at all. Uh, you know, uh, spiky brown hair. Uh, he came from the, either the technology field and uh, he was dealing with computers and all that stuff. And so uh, that was back when the crash of uh, uh, back in the days happened, all the uh, computer systems and stuff like that and all the stores and the um, software systems and stuff were just really kind of went down a down, downsizing thing. I think uh, those dot-commer uh, type time frames and stuff like that when it was, went from like the kings of the world to like, oh, wait a minute, uh, just kidding, we're, we're, we really don't have a plan. Then everything started falling apart, especially down here in the California, the Silicon Valley areas really took a, a beating big time when all that went down. So, um, you know, Dan, who knew nothing about that type of world, uh, decided, you know what, I'm going to be a, I'm going to be a cop. You know, um, he wants to do things uh, to help out with the, you know, uh, the, the use of the world and all that stuff, help keep him in line. Uh, want to do his part to uh, keep society safe. And it was very, very honorable um, for him to have done that. So, uh, but for me, it's, it, it was slightly different because my father was a police officer. So as a youngster, I, I saw um, police in action. I heard the stories. I knew that there's bad people out there on a on a daily basis that my dad had to deal with once he got almost killed in a car crash by a drunk driver who ran a red light and smashed into his police car, uh, just broke both of his legs, um, bent, bent up the police car to where people were amazed that he even walked out or got out of there alive because the whole front end of the police car was all smashed in. Um, you know, I was young at the time. Um, and so I really didn't understand the magnitude of what just happened, but I just remember going to the hospital and seeing my dad all smashed up and his, his face was all uh, damaged as well and legs, both legs were in full casts and um, he didn't look good. So, uh, but he bounced back and he was able to return to work and um, uh, albeit with two like not the best legs, but, um, you know, he went back out there because he was dedicated to that career. And so um, Dan Nimi was the same type of person. But again, he has no he had no real true exposure to the the real dangers, in my opinion, that come with being a uh, being out in the streets as a police officer. So, you know, um, Good, good dude, uh, solid, uh, uh, liked to uh, uh, communicate, uh, v uh, conversations were dear to him, uh, kind of a warm smile, but at the same time, he had that look in his eyes where he was kind of like, hmm, what is this guy really, really up to? So uh, him and I, uh, once we became um, official that we were hired, uh, the three of us all uh, got our stuff together, actually Dan and I. Uh, went down to the uniform stop sh uh, shop together because uh, we're going to be academy mates, uh, and we, you know, we picked our our uh, gun belts out, um, you know, uh, our uniforms, our boots, all that stuff. It was like it was like the best day ever because uh, we were like like I said we were like brothers and we were there trying to um, be there for each other. I I you know I didn't know too much about. Um, you know, the gun belts and stuff like that. And, and then Dan, he was a gun instructor, so uh, he knew all about all that stuff and everything. So he was very professional. He was, a, uh, you know, a little bit older than me. 
so uh, he was more mature and all that stuff. So all that stuff wasn't wasn't too like uh, he wasn't too in awe of the process of going out and picking out your gun, you, your gun belts, and you know all those different things. Um, so I guess he was prepared for that. Um, so we go to the academy together, um, out the Alameda County Sheriff's Department Academy, and. Um, Things were things were good. I mean, uh, the, we both, all three of us. And when I, 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 I let me just go back because the third one ended up not making it out of the academy. It was it was uh, he ran into like some rough patch roads and stuff. Who it just you know the studying the uh, the you know the assignments that all it's it's very very difficult. It's seven seven months of grinding every day with laws uh, policies. Um, you know, uh, different different techniques. You you have to learn from square one what it takes to be a police officer, and it's and then at the same time you're out there doing PT on a daily basis and stuff. So um, you know, uh, unfortunately, our third uh, officer didn't make it. So that became where Dan and I really, really, really had to connect and have each other's back because uh, uh, you know if you're at the academy. Uh, you, you, everybody knows that 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 uh, sheriff's academy runs the show because that's that's where their headquarters is. So you got like 40 plus sheriff's deputies and only like a couple here and there of whatever um, local uh, city police departments are are, and um, you kind of have to stick together. And so it was just me, me and Dan. Um, you know, uh, just so you guys know, Dan's white, I'm black. Uh, you know, and that only kind of plays a factor down the road. And the academy, it really didn't play a factor um, because uh, we balanced each other out. He was uh, uh, not very athletic. I was. So when it came to be PT, I kind of uh, hung in there with even even though we were like uh, doing like seven mile hikes in, in like 100 degree weather up some hills and carrying these big old logs that uh, that that would make the the you know, uh, the biggest lumberjack happy, and here we are carrying these things on our on our backs and or on our shoulders up this hill. Uh, you know, like we're Navy SEALs or something like that. But uh, you know, police business is paramilitary, so these are, you have to get ready. Um, you know, and so uh, Dan would do the best he could, uh, but a lot of times when we do our runs, he would fall out. Um, you know, but he made up for everything with his uh, very witty very intellectual personality uh it was very easy to see very early on that he loved the debate he um he would he took took joy in pushing people's buttons and he was in a and in some ways he was kind of a jerk but that was part of his personality he loved being looked upon as the bad guy or the jerk because um you know i guess that maybe it was got like he kept the mood going forward instead of this like like dry like near near like uh, incapacitated type feel in your in your um your squad room because we're, we've just got our butt kicked we just had to run this uh seven mile hike um you know or scenarios are just so overbearing and just like your brain's like about ready to self-destruct and stuff <laughs> you, everybody's all quiet and like about ready to fall asleep because they're worn out from the day's activities and here's dan in the in the back just talking trash and just kind of being funny and it was all intellectual very very great candid and, and very um you know 
pointed stuff. It made sense when you just sat there and listened to them. But just like sometimes, just like, dude, will you shut up? And they look at me, Kitty, will you get your 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 uh, your San Leandro officer to shut up? And it was just like, dude, I can't do anything with them. Just, you know, try to tune them out. But um, everything always evens out because uh, I've if I was the the cool kid at that time, everything changed uh, when we st- when we uh, did firearms training because uh, holy smokes, that's Dan's niche right there, and um, uh, he put on a show. He went from being somebody who was like who would fall out on on F, on our um, uh, our PT drills and our running all that stuff to someone who just like had a cape and was flying around uh, shooting stuff. Uh, blindly and upside down with the gun in one hand and just kind of like doing stuff that just made so no sense like making the bullets curve around the the uh barrier and then getting the suspect and stuff and everybody's looking holy smokes clapping and uh you know and he just made it look easy and um for me i i that was the first time i started shooting so i i struggled i'm not afraid to admit it I struggled when we got to our um, our shooting um, uh, block, and um, but it was fun to see. I stood back and, and let him have his moment, let him shine, um, you know. And and it was uh, he put on a show, Dan Nemi, you know. Um, I could still see it in my mind, like it just happened the other day of how how awestricken I was when he. Um, performed out there on our shooting courses and stuff it was it was freaking amazing it was beautiful um you know and so you know we, we kind of use that kind of like as a as like a friendly competition one minute one day i'm like uh you know i'm prevailing and i'm doing well uh kicking butts in our scenarios and kind of you know uh people are enjoying some of the stories i might say i might say some raider stories and stuff like that uh, that they might want to hear, and then that would probably make Nels uh, uh, jealous, and he'd sit back there all like sniffy or whatever, like whatever, man, and you know, and kind of maybe make a comment and stuff to get people to kind of like, uh, you know, get distracted, whatever, and stuff. So uh, anyway, and then then the next day, I'd come into into the academy, and he's holding court, and he's talking about all these different. Um, things he learned in the technology world uh so as you know young police officers you gotta kind of have a backup plan just in case it doesn't work out so he really is teaching these kids um you know the second skills that might be needed uh, out there on the streets and stuff um and um out there in society and so a lot of people were listening it was it was great and then i had to sit in the background like hmm why are they talking to him? Why are they listening to him and stuff like that? And so it was a it was a bitter rivalry that him and I had, and it started in the academy, um, you know. But it was beautiful. It was our thing, you know. Like I said, when, we, when if I skip ahead and I go up to where when we finally got uh, when we graduated from the academy and went to our police or police department, everybody started taking it the wrong way because um, we would uh, we would still get into our snips back and forth. You know, he was on one shift, I was on the other shift and stuff. And it seemed to me at the time that he was getting the better shift. And instead of uh, hauling butt from call to call to call as you're uh, being trained and you're on your field training program, you know, uh, he's like, 
having lunch with some of the sergeants and the other senior officers and he's holding court at the at whatever restaurant and just people are laughing and just enjoying his company i'm saying wait a minute that's what how's he being nice to these guys and stuff how do they not know that he could be a jerk sometimes too but that was part of his charm and so um yeah for for a minute there it was kind of strange um uh, kind of threw me off a little bit because I'm busting my butt as like this rookie and I'm not getting anything handed to me. Um, you know, but if I, if I, in hindsight, I could have been right there in the same boat. Uh, had I used my Raider background, which is what everybody at, at the police department was expecting. They, I mean, I was hearing stories, uh, uh, that where people were, um, you know, trying to switch, uh, their field training program so that they can train me uh, specifically so that they can tell people, hey, I'm training the Oakland Raider, former Oakland Raider Kenny Shedd type stuff so they can brag about that stuff. And like, wait, that's how petty and, um, you know, uh, you know, shallow is that? But that's how it worked and everything. And so um, in hindsight, had I uh, uh, graduated from the academy, come in with this like freaking ego you know about the size of freaking the department building uh you know like i was the shit you know because oakland raiders were hot at that time you know um you know doing some damage out there on the football field and everything uh I, right around that time is when i think they started going to, pl to playoffs and all that stuff too and um um so yeah they were they were the hot t uh, ticket out there yeah i could i could have used it but i don't have that ability in me you know i don't focus on using people or using other different aspects of something to get what i'm trying to get my only um uh, game plan is to utilize my natural skills and to get better at what i'm trying to do because that's part of the challenge um i it never occurred to me that other people like the fast track or other people like to ha be handed stuff or that good old boy network actually existed where they give hands uh handshakes and that secret handshake to some people and other people don't get it and um you know i never really kind of uh, understood that or really kind of that wasn't my style so um had i had uh spoken that language and done the things that way i would have been ushered down the fast track myself uh but in the end that's not real that's fake stuff and um, you know what, I, that's just not how I roll. But so, but Dan was being taken care of in a certain ways. Uh, maybe it's because he was a, a gun range master and he owned a gun shop and they were getting good deals on ammunition or whatever. Uh, but all I know is that uh, every time I turn around, he was getting accolades where I'm just like, I know for a fact that cat didn't like get, uh, pull over three stolen vehicles in one year arrest those people and then at then another then get another 13 uh stolen vehicles that are unoccupied uh to be able to get put on a board and a plaque with your name saying uh 10851 stolen vehicle award goes to this particular person i don't know how that happened to this date i don't know how uh he got uh, got on a plaque for that year uh award for people who have uh, got their 10851 pin but he was um and i'll just leave that there but he knew people they people took care of him um I, I you know and but like i said 
no one really knew that that was part of him and I's c connection. Uh, we had a love-hate thing going on, so uh, he was jealous of me and some things. I was jealous of him. I was jealous of a lot of the things he was getting, um, but at the same time, he was jealous of me of a lot of the different uh, credit that I was getting because of my uh, background. A lot of people want to talk to me. A lot of people, I can't, even 19, 20 years later when I retired, I can honestly say that I can't think of a one day that went by my days as a police officer in which somebody didn't ask me about my days as a Raider, whether it was like, uh, what, was, what was it like playing with Tim Brown uh, or people couldn't believe it. Like, you mean to tell me you played, actually suited up and you were on the field for 64 plus games with the Raiders in the NFL? Yes. So, wait, help me understand this. So you actually were catching balls and running down. and Yes, I was active. I was playing. I was on the field. I was one of the players. Uh, they, couldn't, they couldn't fathom that, you know. Um, and so it was just like, well, why, why are you here? Well, because I've always dreamed of being a police officer. It was, it was very strange, you know, I mean, um, how people just could not accept the fact that, uh, that no, this is, part of the, this is part of my destiny, honestly. This is part of my plan. Um, so, uh, you know, and so speaking of, uh, uh, of everything, you, can, you, you have to learn the hard way out there in the streets. Um, and um, it was mind-blowing how my uh, road or route as a young police officer coming up was different than Dan's. Every time I look around, it just seemed like he was... He had this uh, personality like, oh, this is the best gig in the world, there's nothing difficult about this, and I'm loving life, and I'm like, dude, I'm ready to freaking call it quits. This stuff is difficult, man. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm all these calls that I'm getting, and I'm like, I'm not quite knowing what's going on, but in hindsight, that's typical for every rookie officer, but for, for Dan, he was having fun. I remember he'll... Who, um, what, what his secret was, I think that he had just this jovial personality and he loved making people laugh and he loved uh, entertaining people. Uh, I remember uh, covering him on a call where he was, uh, there was a group of young kids and stuff like that. Uh, um, you know, good kids. They were really, really good kids. And you can kind of tell uh, that, they, that they were innocent and just genuine good, good kids and stuff. Uh, you know, and so one of them, made some type of funny comment. He's like, oh, oh, okay, you think you're a funny guy, huh? And then he tossed him his cuffs. <laughs> and Dan tossed him his, the guy his cuffs. He's like, oh, go ahead, put those on you. And everybody's like laughing and stuff. He's like, what? You're going to make me put these on? Like, yeah, put those on. And then he was just kind of like, all right. And then he was like, all right, now get over here. Get in that car. <laughs> it was all fun and games, I guess, and just kind of kept everybody, like, low-key and, you know, I mean, kind of eddies and stuff. And it was kind of funny. I... I looked around like, wow, this is okay. I don't know who your field training officers were who, who taught you how to do it like that, but I know that mine, they weren't having that. Um, if I didn't put my hands on whatever suspect and do it myself and, man, and just kind of gain control over the suspects that we were dealing with, I was getting my butt chewed. But granted, uh, there's a big difference from dealing with uh, your local drunk guy who's acting a fool and looked or very unpredictable than dealing with these kids who were, were kids, but it was like a group of them, you know, uh, at that time. So, eh, I don't know. I mean, uh, he, nothing bad happened, so I, I, I think that he knew what he was doing.
and that's the type of respect that every police officer should have for their uh, their um, coworker is that um, you know you just have to have their back. Uh, you know, unless you're their field training officer and you're you know and you don't see anything that's that's uh, compromising to their safety. I guess you know. I mean, you can't you can't go on on every single call like you know. Uh, analyzing people and their styles of policing because it just you can't do that you're gonna rub people the wrong way and each police officer has to have their own uh, style and their own ability to um, kind of do their things the way they see fit um, you know but definitely if it crosses the line you 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 it's time to step on in and um, you know fortunately for me um, I was able to see Dan just kind of get control over his calls but in his own way and uh, you know and I respected him for that and we had fun him and I um, we'd have these good days uh, like that and then we'd have these really awful days where him and I were fighting with each other at lineup one time I don't even know what the topic was about but Dan said something to me and I and I definitely wasn't having it and him and I are like yelling and screaming at each other at, at a lineup with like say picture like 12 15 other people whether it's uh, dispatchers uh, sergeants uh, lieutenants all and other officers all dressed up and in, in our and listening to lineup and here I am screaming at this guy and he's screaming at me back and forth but then by the time I realized that was I fell for his trap I, I I'm like, oh my god that's just Dan being Dan he loves pushing buttons and here I am I fell for it again um, you know so that was uh, but that was our thing uh, there'd be times when we'd do calls together where he'd bring up, man, you know, do you remember all these fond memories? And we'd talk about that and just your, your, your academy mate just means something more to you, uh, than just, just like someone who you didn't go to academy with, uh, uh, you know, to be honest with you and just like, you couldn't stay mad at this guy. And I didn't think that he was actually mad at me either. It was just what we carried over from our academy days. It was our bittersweet rivalry that we had a sibling rivalry I guess is what you would call it so but other people didn't quite understand that they thought that uh, if I kind of came at him kind of wrong uh, they thought how, how could Kenny talk like that to freaking Dan Nimi man he's like so awesome he's so cool friendly and all that stuff so after a while you know what I just said you know what that's that's his thing he's playing the cards that were dealt to him and he's playing them very very well and um, you know what, I gotta respect the guy. I'm gonna put my head down and I'm gonna focus on what I need to do to get better. Um, and um, at that time, I've always wanted to get a stolen vehicle um, pin. And like I was saying, you, one, the only way to get that is, the, there's three different ways. Uh, you can come across a, 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 a chop shop where um, this warehouse is full of, or this person's yard is full of these uh, stolen vehicles that they're, uh, you know, tearing apart and they're, and they're kind of stole, stole them and they stored it in their yard and stuff. If you come across that and you bust everybody and you uh, take that operation down, that's how you can get your 10851 pin. Um, and then one of the other main ones was to uh, 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 pull over three rolling stolen is what they called someone uh, who's actually driving the stolen vehicle and get those pe three people in custody. And then, um, and then uh, a total of 12 um, vehicle recoveries is how you would get your pin. Um, and again, 
I know it may seem like I'm bitter about it, but I've 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 gone to therapists, and so I've gotten to be able to kind of um, deal with it a lot more. Um, I accept it a lot more. I don't know how he got that 10851 pin. His name was on the plaque. I, I still to this day don't understand that how he got it. And um, you know, but anyway, I'll leave that alone. Uh, so I just said to myself, I'm going to get mine on my own. And so I busted my butt on being proactive and all that stuff and uh, worrying about myself and not worrying about Nimi in that type of sense. So, um, you know, fast forward to to everything. And um, there's still some some calls and stuff that we would go on. And, and then one minute he's talking trash. The next minute he's nice. Um, he started getting a little bit bolder and stuff as as he was going from different shifts and stuff. And other people were really kind of like, uh, you know, filling his ego uh, with everything. And so one minute he'd be like this really brass older brother and stuff like that and just talk trash. And you'd, be, you'd have to just kind of walk by, uh, you know, and just kind of just leave it alone. Um, and, and so one time we were on the same shift. And that became really, really difficult because, uh, uh, you know, I mean, I'm seeing them every day now, every time we're working. And, and so I, I think there was just too many times where, where we were starting to get it in each other's heads and stuff. And a lot of uh, the, like the command staff was just kind of like, uh, uh, what's going on with these two? And I'm, I'm quite sure they blamed me for everything that was going on. Um, so one day after, after uh, our shift was over with, I was, uh, it was, it was customary that we would all, that the, the group would all, it was an over, overnight shift, so once the shift was over, we'd go all go to breakfast together, and, um, you know, so that particular time, I was gassing up, because our shift was about to end, I was gassing up, and one of the officers um, I ran into as he was uh, gassing his car up, too, said, hey, uh, Kenny, you going to go to the breakfast today, the team breakfast, and I said, you know what, I don't think so, because uh me and Nimi, we've just been getting we haven't really been clicking very well lately i mean he's been he's been being a jerk and him and i have been getting into it so i think it's just going to be best for me just to kind of like uh, separate myself from that for right now and the officer's like oh come on don't let uh, don't let that freaking discourage you just just ignore him just go man these are this is for build camaraderie it's 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 fun and and you know it's kind of there for us to kind of unwind after a hard week of work and all that stuff and you know you, you'll have fun i'm just i don't know okay i'll, I'll think about it oh uh, okay all right so we i leave and i gas up and i go and then uh, and i see one of the on my way in i see one of the dispatchers um on my way into the our our pit um you know where we park our cars and i see one of the dispatchers heading out and, uh, you know, fr uh, her and I were both friends. She's, and she's like, hey, so you're going to go to um, uh, Plowman's or whatever the restaurant was uh, that for the team breakfast? And I, was, and I said the same thing that I said to the officer. I'm saying, well, I, I'm kind of thinking about it, but I don't want to risk getting into it with Nini. I mean, you know, I, I kind of feel kind of bad and all that stuff, uh, getting into all these arguments with him. And you know, I don't want people to think badly of me, you know, because, uh, you know, it's not like that. And. And, uh, you know, I just don't want to get into it with this guy at all, you know. And, and the dispatchers say, oh, Jesus, that's so silly. It's just there's going to be a whole bunch of other people there. It just don't worry about it. Just come on. I mean, you know, I mean, it's a it's a family vibe and it's 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 good to see everybody there. And, and it's builds camaraderie. And I said to myself, you know, what? I think you're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. She's like, yeah, you don't you shouldn't let anybody just, you know, get in your mind like that and all that stuff. It's going to be fine. 
I'm like, okay, all right. <laughs> so I get all dressed and everything, and I go and I go to um, get in my uh, personal car and I drive and I meet everybody there. I walk in and lo and behold, there's Dan just, just in the middle of everybody, just doing his thing, talking stocks, talking. Uh, business, real estate, all that different things, stuff like that, and people are listening and loving it and all that stuff because that's just he had that uh, that type of personality, you know. And I'm just like, okay, all right, cool. I'm just hungry. I'm just gonna worry about me and just getting some food and stuff like that and just enjoy the moment. So um, we're all sitting in, kind of getting all settled in and all that stuff. And so the officer I was telling you about, who I saw at the um, at the gas where we were gassing up, is sitting next to Dan. And stuff. So, so those two get into it. Um, he brought uh, Dan brought up something about that this uh, that this officer didn't know anything about what he was talking about with the real estate, and which was uh, very wrong for him to do that because uh, this officer takes real estate very very seriously. He thinks he knows all about uh, the the you know the housing market interests and all that different thing, and um, he t- uh, you know he feels very knowledgeable about it. But he found himself in a back and forth debate with um with uh nels and um it was pretty intense so everybody was eating their food and then they kind of like stopped for a minute and these two are like going at it back and forth (laughs) and before you know it uh the officer was so upset by how uh dad had got them all riled up he was so upset he's like okay here i'm out of here he threw his money down and stuff like that i'll see you guys later i'll see you guys next week i'm out of here and everybody's like hey where are you going and he didn't say anything. He just just stormed out. I was like, okay. Everybody's like, whoa, what happened there? And Dan has this look of just pure joy on his face and stuff like that. <laughs> so uh, we finished eating everything. Um, and so uh, as the day goes on, uh, he turns to the dispatcher who I saw um, uh, pulling into the pit and said, hey, what do you got going on this weekend? And the dispatcher said something along the line. I don't know. I'm going. Uh, I'll probably go out and do this or whatever, and and um, I'd probably go go out with some of my girls and stuff, um, hang out and stuff, because it's been such a long weekend. And Dan Dan said something along the lines was like, you know, you're. I would love to party with you, <laughs> in some type of way, and I'll leave it there. It was very dis, very. Uh, it, sh- it shouldn't have been said. Put it that way. Um, and she's like, wait, what did you just say? He's like, well, no, I'm, I'm just saying. I hear you like the, you like the party, so I, I'd love to be there too. Um, and she's like, all like red faced and kind of like taken aback, like how he was talking to her. And and he's just like, and she's like, you need to apologize for that. That was wrong. She's like, and he's like, no, that's not, that wasn't wrong. I mean, hey, if you if you like the party, you like the party. And then started like doing some dance and stuff like that. And she's like, oh my God. And her friends are like, well, did Dan stop that? She starts crying. She gets up and she storms out. <laughs> her friends jump up, say, hey, wait, wait. And they go and they run after her. And then, uh, you know, to try to calm her down and all that stuff. And then you just see her grabbing her purse or her coat or whatever that was hung up and stuff. And then, then she's, and then her and her girlfriends, they walk her out and she's gone everybody's like looking and there's dan he's got this big old cheesy grin on his face like yep uh um yeah my job here is done and he finishes food and i just looked up and was like (laughs) i I had the biggest smile on my face because i just said see i tried to tell you guys this dude is evil and then um but that was a great great moment um that that was that was his thing 
he loved it. He loved the debate. He loved to get in these brain type, uh, uh, you know, lock head to head like Ram versus Ram. Uh, okay, and it didn't matter what the subject matter was. He could not have a clue what it was that that uh, that other person was talking about. But I guarantee you, he would sit down in front of that person, and it would be on like a chess match. And Dan would not stop until that person was like, holy smokes, either threw in the towel or just like was so frustrated that they got up and they left. You know, um, so I remember those things about Dan, um, you know, and do I feel bad about sharing that stuff? No, because, um, uh, you know, at his uh, memorial um, at the at the church where uh, we we, you know, his funeral uh, uh, his family member, his brother, got up and pretty much said the same things. You know, Dan was a jerk, but that's what he loved. He loved to push people's buttons, and everybody laughed. And once I saw that, I knew that that was just Dan's personality. And, um, you know, and I think that it's only fair that, that the officers uh, hear those stories, too, because... The, 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 you're not going to find these officers who are just these uh, these A plus personalities people, you know. I mean, um, it's hard being a cop, and if if, if that's your way to make it work, is to kind of like uh, let off some steam by, uh, you know, getting in debates with people, then you got to do what you got to do, and maybe that's the only real way that 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 Dan could kind of get into his comfort zone, especially coming from a different, a completely different profession. And that just worked for him, and uh, it, it took a lot of people, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, a, a minute to kind of acquire that about him and kind of understand. For me, it was easy for me to see and just kind of look the other way or make it work because I just knew that that's just Dan. He that's part of his makeup. Uh, I think things when uh, went bad, uh, kind of towards the end um, there because. Um, um, you know, this is where I feel, like I said, I feel somber um, because it starts making me remember about how things ended with Dan and I, and I never did get a chance to apologize to him, um, you know, because uh, just, um, you know, we, we, we've had these days still, and, and our routine just continued even, even after we went to a different shift with each other. Uh, we were still working together on calls, so there would be times when... Um, uh, I would I would run a license plate and um, uh, then I'd get this message from Dan a text message or uh, like a, a, a you know a MDT message from our computer from Dan saying dude why'd you run that plate you should know who it's registered to and just to be a jerk I'm just like what I need to run that plate because if the you know in that particular case um, I I had gotten sent to the um, uh, AMR, our emergency services, ambulance service over there um, in San Leandro at the time was AMR, and one of their cars, I think, was, or one of their their um, rigs was was the victim of a hit and run. Um, so at that time, I ran, I gave them that plate of the of the of the rig that got hit, and then for my for the call for record keeping purposes, um, and then I asked them to run another plate. And this was was a suspect vehicle, um, and so th that's how I knew it in my head. If for some reason I think Dan thought that I was asking for the registration information for the uh, ambulance, and um, so he sends me a text saying, "Dude, are you brain dead? It's registered to AMR. What do you think?" And I was just like, and I was confused. I'm like, "What? What are you talking about?" Um, 
you know, I didn't get into it with them or anything like that, but I'm just like, what is he talking about? So he'd always make these comments, uh, just out of these random comment, co uh, um, comments out of the blue when I'm out there trying to, you know, focus on my job. And uh, it was just never easy for me, but apparently he had such the comfort zone thing going on that he, would, he had nothing else better to do than to give other people a bad time. So I, after a while, I started outgrowing that, and I was starting to get a little bit mad. Um, you know, so I was literally ignoring him uh, whenever I, I'd work with him. Um, this one time, we, uh, uh, we go to this uh, burglary call, and, so, and it's just him and I, and the house had gotten broken into, and basically, it's him and I uh, searching the house together to make sure that it's secure, that um, you know there's nobody else inside, and we and we revert it back into our our um, uh, academy days where we were searching rooms and stuff for training purposes there, and so him and I immediately put our um, differences on the, on the back burner and we just connected again uh, like our academy mates, like we were at, in the academy and it was beautiful, like we were back being brothers and stuff. He'd go one way, I'd go the other way, we'd both like go in conjunction, he'd do his quick search and he, um, then I'd come in, I'd do a secondary search and then we'd look at each other, Are you ready to move? And then we'd tap each other, we'd move on to the next and stuff. Uh, on those calls, most the most time than not, the suspect's already gone, and it's just uh, just the uh, just the kind of like the formality of making sure. So um, you can you can kind of do that with two officers and stuff. Um, and if you but if you come across something like that's amiss or you hear a noise, then that's when you stop and you you uh, report that or the dispatch, and then they'll send you some more officers. But for the most part, you can kind of clear a house. With, on that type of uh, a scenario with just two officers. So him and I, it was just him and I. And it was just like, it was fantastic. The way we were communicating with each other, um, he showed me nothing but respect. I showed him nothing but res respect. And it was like almost like forgetting all the bad stuff that had happened uh, between him and I, the arguments and back and forth and all that stuff was just, just not, not existent at that time. So once the calls, once we clear the house, we get out there, and he's like, dude, we did a great job in there. I'm just, I know, I, wasn't that cool? He's like, yeah, um, it was pretty, pretty cool. And I'm just like, you know what, man? This is so crazy. Look how well we're getting along. You know, we need to, we need to do the better job of of getting things back together between you and I. And, and he's like, Kenny, you know what? You're right. I'm gonna make an extra effort to really, really get along, and um, um, you know, kind of. Uh, put things aside and stuff and let's really get our friendship back together back how it was and we hugged and we was like okay you take care he jumped in his car um he, he, i can't remember who was a primary officer but we both kind of he jumped in and left the scene or i jumped in and left the scene and but it was uh we left with a warm smile on our each other's faces and it was it was a fantastic moment you know and stuff so we get an early morning burglary call and it's on my beat so um, you know, that, that night we were, we were working the, the midnight shift, and uh, so the dispatch sent me, obviously, because I'm the primary officer, um, the day shift hasn't uh, broken their lineup yet, so I get there, I kind of assess the scene, uh, I kind of see it's a cold burglary, it's one of our, one of our um, like, a, like the Caterpillar tractor stores or whatever that was uh, in, our, in, our, in the city, 
so had gotten broken into. Um, so it was a it was a burglary slash um, you know th- theft uh, from the auto burglaries as well from the, the tractors and all that stuff. So well, it was pretty extensive. Uh, a scene, you know, you have to dust for fingerprints, and the yard is like huge. So um, you have the yard where the tractors are they got broken into that needs to be processed and then you have the uh building where someone smashed through the window and then they got either the they were they were going through uh rummaging through the the interior of the building to see what they can get that way too so each place the 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 yard and then the building has like some fingerprint potential to have fingerprints so uh, with that, you you call the technician, and they come out there with their uh, their uh, tech kit, and they dust for fingerprints, and they kind of uh, do process the scene. They look for uh, uh, they look for um, surveillance cameras and stuff, and all those different things, and um, just process the scene. So, uh, but with the shift ending, the midnight shift ending, what you would normally do is is ask the dispatch to stack the daytime tech to come out there and then because they're just starting their shift and then they have their whole shift to process the scene rather than in comparison to the midnight shift tech who's who's just getting ready to get off so uh it's it's customary and it's just uh just uh goes without saying that you would have dispatch stack the tech so or for the daytime um so uh, what Dan was trying to do, I don't know, but he sent me some tech. He sent me some messages on the MDT saying, "Hey, uh, Kenny, uh, just so you know, you're gonna have to uh, have dispatch stack the daytime tech." And I and I responded back like, uh, "Yeah, really? I never knew that. Uh, no, I uh, didn't think I was gonna have to." And then um, and then uh, uh, Dan's was be- and I was being funny. And I thought Dan was going to be funny too, but he was—he came right back and he's just like, "Well, I'm standing here with some uh, other officers, and we all don't think you're smart enough to know that." And I'm just like, I was waiting again for him to joke. He's like, "No, dude, I'm just kidding. I was just giving you a bad time." And then he came with something else, and then I'm just like, "Wait, what the heck is wrong with you?" And so he said something else that was rude, and then I said. <laughs> You know, I mean, this is where it gets kind of heartbreaking and stuff because um, this is of the this is happens on the eve of his death, so um, it gets kind of hard for me to talk about because you know, I mean, it's <laughs> for obvious reasons and stuff. So here I am in this another back and forth with Dan, and it's just and this is this is a big one too. This isn't one of our, our like like cutesy, you know. Uh, back and forth where we're just being funny and everybody's laughing type stuff. This is like really, really brutal things that he's saying that's questioning my um, intelligence and stuff. And um, and then he's firing right back and, and makes it even worse because I know uh, the type of uh, setting he's around because, like I said, I mean, everybody, for whatever reason, gravitated for to this guy. And he in and, and a lot of different ways, he was a geek. But for whatever reason everybody loved him and so so i i can imagine the people he was with and i can imagine the stuff that they were saying and it and i'm quite sure it was very rude rude uh uh um you know unnecessary type stuff so uh, i had to go strong too so i said to this guy i'm like dude what the f is your problem are you freaking bipolar or what and then he said something and it's such a while ago i can't remember exactly what i said i'm just like well 
uh, the reason why I'm uh, get, not getting all these assignments like you are is because I don't kiss butt like you do. And then he's like, he said something else. And then I said, well, he's like, what are you talking about? I've earned everything that I've gotten. And I said, you, you're, you're on drugs or something like that. It's like, um, you know, I'm still trying to wonder how you get your uh, 10851 pin, the pin I was telling you about that had his name on the plaque on the wall, uh, for a 10851 pin when you didn't even have one felony car stop. <laughs> and then... Uh, just a side note, those uh, NDT messages at that time were very new. Um, they, you know, it wasn't exclusive and it wasn't like high tech by any means. So if you were sending messages to an individual officer, everybody who had access to NDT uh, system could read it. So um, so many different people were like chiming in like, oh, Kenny, whoa, it's just like uh, LOL type stuff and just back and forth. And then it just it didn't hit me at the time. It was like, what are you doing? People are listening to this conversation. And there again, it carries on the whole, uh, you know, the it, my image of being the jerk. I'm the bad one because uh, he's uh, the all-American boy. And here I am, like, you know, talking trash to him. You know, it's just doing nothing but feeding, feeding the fire. Uh, but I was so wound up and so mad and that I just just unleashed um, um, you know, and so thankfully, uh, the, the, you know, it was, became time for, or you can hear the di day shift kind of hit the air. And then, so that kind of, and then you can kind of hear dispatch sending the daytime tech, uh, out towards me. So that kind of effectively ended the, the battle on the MDT system. And when I say MDT system is the mobile data terminal. So basically you have your little computer inside your cop car and you're typing away and you have your, um, your screen, your monitor there, your screen. So everything you type is just your computers on your screen and you see them now everywhere. Uh, but that, that was back then when they first started and everything. So, um, uh, it was a new, new, new system. So, but, but that effectively put it into that because now I had to worry about, uh, you know, when the, the daytime officer was just sent to my scene, I had to kind of put that on side and get ready to you know, meet up with the officer and go from there. So thankfully that, that changed the, the tone of everything and I was able to get, leave that alone. The, the problem comes in uh, where... Um, and this is where I, I haven't really sure, shared this to very many people. But the problem comes in is that once I got out of the car and I got out and I had to walk around because it was daytime at that time and it was outside, obviously, and I had to get out of the cop car and I was so wound up and I was so upset, so stressed out uh, by uh, what just happened between Dan and I. I'm pacing back and forth and walking, and I, I think it would be safe to say I might have teared up a little bit and stuff because, uh, you know, uh, when you get so mad and angry, you just so just and you there's nothing you can, you know, you're not at like a like a gym where you can kind of punch the punching bag and all that stuff and you can't can't get it out that way, um, you know, so you just kind of have to sit it in and I, and um, the reason why I'm stalling is because it's very very hard to say. Um, you know, uh, so, <clears throat> so I said to myself, I'm, and I, I just said to myself, you know what? I'm so freaking tired of that dude. I freaking hate his butt. 
I wish something would happen to him to where I don't have to deal with him anymore because he's freaking driving me crazy. And, um, you know, so, woo! I don't know, man. That kind of, kind of, that was kind of tough. You know what? Case yet uncuffed uh, is going to have to take a quick break, but guess what? Hang in there. We're going to be right back, okay? Case yet uncuffed. We'll be back. K-Shed. Uncuffed. Guess what? I am back. And, you know, uh, that was harder than I thought. Uh, thank you guys for your understanding. And, um, you know, it's... Uh, <laughs> wow. Um, 19, 20 years of being a police officer. And, um, you know, uh, I do have my memories. And um, I continued forward... Uh, for my um, academy mate, uh, Dan Nimi, uh, there's he brought a lot of special special memories to the table. Um, you know, I mean, uh, he was a story writer too. Uh, one time at training camp, or I'm sorry, training camp. <laughs> one time at the academy, um, him and I are sitting there talking, and um, you know, it was like during lunch, and he was asking about the. Uh, a couple stories I had written, and he and he's just like, dude, I'm a story writer too. He's like, really? He's like, yeah, I'm, I'm working on this one, um, and it's uh, about uh, society, and um, there's like a, a a meteor or something like that coming, and and um, it's right during the time when uh, society's about to destroy each other anyway, because a couple of countries are fighting and, and humanity's about to die and, and die off. Um, so, um, and, um, this meteor is coming at the same time. So basically everybody, they had time to just to kind of come together and build this big old, big old spaceship. And, um, uh, you know, it launched from the, uh, earth just in time uh, everybody who could fit on it got in, and then and then it launched just just as this meteor comes and crashes and smashes Earth. And you know, luckily all this huge mass amount of people were saved, though. And um, you know, and on its way to this new planet that was mapped out and discovered. And um, so everything's going to be fine. Society's going to start back up, and um, humanity's going to thrive again. So en route to this new uh, planet. Uh, someone gets into it with another person, and then they uh, it turns into an escalated fight, and they uh, yeah, it's physical. Other people try to come and try to help, and then they get slapped and pushed and stuff. So it turns into this all big old brawl. Pretty soon, the whole spaceship is 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 uh, fighting each other, and then um, it gets so bad and out of control that the that the uh, person flying the thing gets hit. Or shot, and then that person dies, and then the the spaceship goes barreling down towards the abyss and destroyed, killing everybody on board. And I was like, "Holy smokes, man! It, it's just I mean, um, they couldn't make it work." And he's like, "No, that's the whole point of my story. That society is doomed to fail." <laughs> and it was so mind blowing. It's almost like he came up that with the top of his head. We weren't even talking about movies, and then that just came up out of the blue, and I was just like, like, blown away, 
because I had some stories here and there, but my stories were just kind of like a, you know, a, a couple of funny things here and there and just kind of entertaining that way. Uh, but this was a whole nother level. And, um, you know, he didn't get a chance to follow through on his dreams to uh, um, move that move, move that route to uh, to to make his uh, movie happen and um, uh, teach the world how to get along. That was, I think, was the whole gist of, the, of him telling me that story, is that the world needs to get better at, at getting along. So that's how charming this guy was. One minute, he's this, uh, uh, this philosopher who's going to save the world, then the next minute, he's uh, this completely different person who's part of the good old boy system who wants to get rid of all people who don't think or look and act like they do. And it was like, what the heck? Um, so yeah, I had to take a quick moment because, uh, I, um, I'm, I'm torn one minute. I want to love the guy. And, um, that what happened that night. And I think you guys can see where I'm going is that, um, um, uh, after that last, uh, uh, brouhaha him and I got into, on the MDT system, and I said what I said, and I'm still mad at myself for ever saying those words. Um, like uh, 10 hours later, he was shot and killed um, on the streets, responding to a call. And um, it, he didn't even have to be working that night, the part that makes it even worse. They were short bodies, and then they needed somebody to come in, and so he took an overtime shift, and he uh, was working that night. and. Um, so uh, fate was just, I don't know what was going on, but he, he shouldn't even have been there. And not that, that uh, any other officer should have been there as well. Um, but, you know, it's a very, very unfortunate uh, incident and stuff. So, but at the same time, it also goes uh, with what I was saying about how he, how he was out in the streets. Uh, the number one golden rule uh, for any police officer is to never, ever turn your back on any suspect at all. It doesn't matter what they look like, color, uh, uh, gender, uh, any a class or whatever, or if they're homeless or not homeless or whatever. You, it d does not matter. You, you do not turn your back on a, on a suspect. And unfortunately... Uh, that's what he did that night, and he was uh, sh he was gunned down uh, by the su by the suspect. And um, you know, uh, I just remember my baby, my first our firstborn, was only like two months old when that not, that day happened on the 25th. And um, I just remember her uh, falling asleep on my chest, and I'm like downstairs, and it was like midnight uh, something, a little bit past midnight, and the phone rings. And I was, like, startled because I had fallen asleep, and I'm, like, have my baby on me. And we're, like, you know, uh, she's all huddled in, nuddles, nuzzled all in there and stuff. And it was just like, whoa, what the heck? Um, and I, and I, you know, I wake up, and I go and answer the phone. And um, uh, the sergeant had this uh, dreary tone to his voice, and he's like, um, Kenny, uh, I had to tell you that um, uh, Dan Nimi was – shot and killed earlier tonight and um it I, I can't even really explain it uh, it was like the worst moment ever and i i swear to god i thought like this was like the twilight zone like it was it was just none of the, what i was hearing on the phone made any sense um um and i was in shock 
there was it was it was fuzzy nothing was nothing felt real um and then i just remember waking up uh uh, uh, my wife and saying, um, here, uh, take the baby. I, I, I just got a phone call. I don't know exactly what's going on, but, uh, so, uh I, I couldn't even put in the words to tell her what was going on something, but I have to get to the hospital. Um, cause they were saying he was at uh, Eden hospital. And I, I said, I, I have to get to the hospital. And she's like saying, what's going on? What's going on? I, I don't know. I, I, maybe he's, he got shot and he's, in the hospital and they were working on them and all that I, I i gotta i don't know yet but i have to get down there and i got dressed as quickly as possible jumped in my car and i went down there to the hospital and um uh went in and i and this is today i should have done this um i had to see him and there he was on the table um He was gone. He was still in his uniform, obviously, and um, you know, still had the the um, the, t the tube in his mouth, and uh, he was gone. So, um, so uh, anytime you're talking about police officers, and you're and 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 people have to understand the type of job that these guys have. You know, I will go to bat against anybody out there who tries to come at uh, the police uh, the way they are in a in a unreasonable um, manner. Uh, I remember when I was uh, when I was on the streets and stuff. Uh, um, there was an incident actually that I remember hearing about where uh, uh, a dude um, he's in, it happened in San Francisco or around in that area. So the dude's driving along the, the uh, freeway. Um, comes up, comes up to a car where there's a, a female uh, a driver, and he's trying to, you know, flirt with the the driver. Uh, she doesn't want to have anything to do with them, and then he pulls back up to her, and this time he flashes a gun at her. Uh, she freaks out, and he starts kind of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, brandishing his weapon and kind of threatening her in, in a threatening manner. Uh, uh, she's she freaks out. She she punches it. He follows her. Uh, she's trying to get away. He's on her butt, and she's calling 911 at the same time. I got a guy behind me. He has a gun. Um, I don't know what's what, what's going on here. Uh, and then, um, you know, and so the police get the call. Obviously, they, they, they're they speeding. They're trying to uh, get there as soon as possible. They do get there. They see him. They see the car. Uh, and then when he sees the police, the chase is on. He hits the exit, and he goes through the zipping, speeding through the town, just blowing lights, all that stuff. The cops are in pursuit. They already know that he has a gun in the car and that he, um, you know, threatened uh, someone with the gun. Uh, so they already know they, they have their probable cause. He's fleeing from them, so uh, th they have the justification to go after him. Uh, he's And he's, uh, uh, you know, they get behind him. The chase is on through the side streets and stuff. Uh, they were able to kind of box him in a little bit. So he stops the car, reverses it, smashes into one of the police cars, uh, uh, can't get out. And then I think he tried to smash up going front ways and couldn't get in that way. Um, you know, but the police, they hold their ground. They, um, they kind of, they order him out of the car at gunpoint. He finally uh, comes to the senses and stuff and he gets out of the car with his hands up. 
but then for whatever reason, last minute, he decides to jump back into the car where these officers already know he has a gun. And, um, you know, so they shot, they shot at him and um, they killed him. And that's how the whole call came out. Uh, pretty much that's the gist of the call. Uh, and then so bless her heart, uh, his mom uh, went on the on the um, into the media and went on the news and stuff saying they did not have to kill my baby. I don't know. He didn't do anything to those police. And, you know, uh, that's mom. So I can't obviously I'm not going to, you know, uh, you know, go after mom in any type of way, because every mom is going to be there for their child, no matter what, through no matter what they do. But at the same time. Uh, city leaders and um, other uh, church leaders, all that stuff started rallying behind mom and, and, and trying to say, yeah, you know, they want to start a protest that these officers killed this man unjustifiably. And I, and I just could not believe it. I'm like, did you guys read the police report? Did you, did you hear the witness statements? You know, and it's just mind blowing how um, uh, that the police could be looked upon as the bad people in that type of scenario. And that's the type of world we live in right now. You know, um, our, um, our brother in arms, uh, Dan Nimi, uh, died in the line of duty and uh, left his wife, left, uh, his, uh, stepson, left his daughter, um, all without their loved one. And he'll never be able to go back and see them again. Um, you know, and that's just hard for police officers to accept, you know. Um, so uh, just think about that out there for a minute, okay? All right, these guys are and girls are sworn to protect. And um, it's, it's a different breed of people who have to be police officers, especially nowadays and stuff. Um, you know, and so that's one of the main reasons why I'm not too happy with uh, what ended up happening uh, with our uh, at my police department when after that happened uh, because not only do we have to worry about the people at uh, out in the streets trying to freaking take us out uh, what ended up happening at San Leandro PD uh, is unacceptable by any means because um, uh, what ended up happening is that they during obviously any situation like this they're gonna they're gonna look into all the different resources and uh, the, the computer and all the different, uh, they're gonna look into what might have happened, what could have caused this person to um, to uh, shoot and kill a police officer. So they, um, you know, they got warrants, I'm sure, obviously for, um, uh, if that's necessary, uh, to get access to Dan's uh, computer records, uh, phone records, all that different thing to try to see, hey, what, what, what's the connection here with the, the, the you know, the killers um, and the officer who got killed, you know? So, obviously, what do you think they come across? They come across the uh, conversation that uh, him and I had just not too long p before that, and they can see it's not very pleasant. Uh, I have some pretty bad things to say to him, and um, he's firing back at me, uh, but all that doesn't matter. Um, and they tried to look at that to try to see if, if that tied into what might have happened because um, they went even further than that particular day. Uh, you know, they looked prior to that, some of the traffic stops that, that uh, Dan had been on and some of the different encounters that he might have 
uh, people he might have come in contact with prior to that to try to see if there's any type of connection. And there would just so happen to be a connection um, and, uh, uh, on a traffic stop Dan con conducted on somebody and the, the driver of the vehicle or one of the people in the car who got uh, ID identified via their driver's license turned out to be connected with the, the shooter um, as, uh, as another gang member as well. They're part of the same gang and associated via that. And um, what the, the investigators looked into was, again, I was the, um, the cover officer for Dan that day so I covered him as he did that traffic stop, which was a simple, um, uh, non-confrontational uh, traffic stop. I don't, can't remember if the guy ran the light or something like I don't know, but it was just a regular traffic and enforcement uh, stop. And uh, I think Dan gave him a ticket or whatever and stood up, but there was no no fallout. Nothing happened from it. Um, and all I was was just a secondary officer, the cover officer. But these guys tried to put uh, a connection between me and that guy on the traffic stop because now he's connected with the person who shot and killed Dan and they were trying to uh, pin, pin me into this whole thing as if I had something to do with Dan getting shot and killed. You know, and I didn't realize that at the time when they called me into the office and they were asking me these real random questions about that uh, guy who Dan pulled over in the traffic stop. Um, I didn't know at the time but that's what they were doing. They were trying to see what my response was going to be to see if I had any connection with this dude as if that was the reason that I, that I, you know, my hatred or whatever, my uh, disdain towards Dan was something that carried over. And then I had, I, I, you know, recruited these guys to do what they did in some type of fashion. I'm still pissed to this day. I cannot, I will never forgive those uh, sergeants and those lieutenants and those uh, 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 San Leandro personnel investigators who even had the gall to go there um, and, and even, even go down that road, you know, unbelievable. Um, you know, uh, and then, um, then the fallout that came from that, just from, I mean, even though that they were to see that I had nothing to do with, do with it, there was no ties or anything like that, but I was totally, um, uh, written off and given the cold shoulder and blacklisted from that day on because everybody was so, uh, they were all, because of how I, because of what happened really. Um, you know, uh, it, it was so bad where I wasn't included on in all the different uh, uh, tributes that they had. There, were, there, there was a dinner that there was um, at, at Dan's family's that they were having one night at work Everybody was allowed to uh, go except me. They made a concentrated effort by holding me at work um, extra overtime so that I didn't get a chance to go. Um, and they used the, 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 the guise of that, oh, well, there, we, we need extra coverage and stuff. And there was, I, when I looked at the, uh, at the shift in the, uh, the roster that night, there was like, like five extra off officers and stuff like that. So I wasn't needed, but um, that was a way for me to be tied up and not um, uh, have, be in a position to where I can go uh, to the uh, memorial dinner that his parents threw for the police officers uh, for, um, in honor of Dan that night. Um, you know, uh, that was a time when the Raiders uh, obviously were in Oakland and um, I had good um, uh, 
connections with the Raiders still at that time. And uh, I reached out uh, because one of the other officers asked me if because they were going to do a fundraiser and they asked me if I could um, reach out to the Raiders and get some 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 items that could be auctioned off and stuff. So uh, for the for the fundraiser. And I did, and um, I, I didn't even really ask for too much. And then, but the person who responded went way above and beyond. Oh, we can do this for you. I can get you this. We'll we'll submit our own, uh, you know, uh, donation. We'll do this. All these fantastic things that the Raiders were talking about doing, and they were going to be included. They were going to send players uh, to the to the fundraiser to help raise money too. All these fantastic things that, that the Raider organization were going to do for in honor of Dan. Um, uh, but as soon as the same lieutenants who uh, were in, in charge of that investigation to see if I had anything to do with the, the incident uh, found out about it, they X'd it. And all that got canceled. Um, uh, they didn't want to have anything to do with me bringing anything to in honor of Dan. Um, and it was very, very blatant. Very blatant, and um, uh, you know, just, uh, I don't even know what to say. <sighs> so, um, you know, <laughs> wow. So anyway, so I had to kind of wait a few years and stuff for those same people I'm talking about to finally retire. Um, and then once they retired, things started kind of like um, returning to normal. Uh, but prior to that, life for me in San Leandro was nothing short of a nightmare. And uh, yeah, so so I've had my peaks and valleys as a police officer, um, but, but um, I will know that um, I never did compromise my values. Um, um, you know, I never did sell myself out to get anything. I always fought hard and um, to get where I was, uh, what, what I earned. Um, and then when I became a training officer, um, I, I not only uh, made sure that the, that the officers were trained in the way that, hey, look, we're in the middle of Hayward, uh, which is uh, by rights its own like little Oakland and Oakland. <laughs> you know, you cannot go out there thinking that things are going to be great and uh, lovey, all kinds of rainbows and unicorns running around and, um, you know, yeah, people are uh, coming out of, up to you out of the blue with cakes and stuff, and you know they're they're singing to you, they're giving you this uh, ovation as you drive by. That's just not how it is out there on the streets, uh, especially where that department is located. Uh, so whenever I became, whenever I trained the officers, it was always like, hey, look, uh, we're gonna learn the skills that you need to to uh, not be overly aggressive. Uh, you're going to be uh, even killed. You're going to be a well-rounded police officer. You're going to know how to talk to people, and you're going to know how to handle hot calls, and you're, you're going to know what to do if you do come across that uh, that gangbanger uh, from Oakland or whatever who is not going to go out without a fight. You're going to know how to respond, and you're going to know how to get that person in custody using the right amount of force necessary to effect the arrest. Um, at the same time as I was training, I would tell them, uh, my trainee stories about all the mistakes and some of them, a lot of the mistakes that I made out there as well, uh, just so they can kind of learn through my stories as well. Uh, um, and, you know, that, that wasn't very uh, common for a lot of the FTOs. A lot of the FTOs try to pretend like that, like, uh, 
they they were above any mistakes and you know uh they were like these godly figures and stuff and that's just not realistic either um you can't shield these these kids from how things are going to be and you need to tell them some of the knuckleheaded stuff that you did that got your butt in trouble from your supervisors but it was you got in trouble because uh that's part of the growth process that happens with being a police uh, growing up in, into law enforcement. And it's really the only real way, the, the, in my eyes, to teach them to know how, how to uh, have that even kill where they're going to be uh, very prepared for any type of situation that they come across as a law enforcement officer. So um, with that, I... I I appreciate the phone call or the message that I got as far as like asking my my um, how it was as a police officer. I have my funny stories that you know, uh, you know, like the time I I, I was chasing after some uh, a stolen vehicle suspect and 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 uh, fell through a, a roof. <laughs> uh, uh, Dad thought it was awesome, gave me a high five and all that stuff, but mom was hot, just hot. And I ain't talking about like looking good. She was pissed. And, um, you know, thankfully the city, I'm sure, took care of her, uh, their house and rebuilt it and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, uh, now that I uh, have uh, honored uh, my fallen brother, uh, I feel like it's, it's going to be easier for me to share stories that are, that are out there that, that kind of um, can give people a little bit of inspiration uh, because we still need some strong, strong police officers to, to apply and get back out there and kind of um, make sure that the society is protected, um, but protected in the right way, um, um, where um, people know that, that, that uh, the police officers are, are necessary, and, um, but also at the same time to be able to feel comfortable and confident to hold them responsible if they feel like they crossed the line. That's just the way it works. If they if, if they if they feel like they crossed the line, I always tell people then go to the uh, police department where they work and file a complaint. Don't get it to it with them. Don't try to fight. Don't try to uh, you know uh, ignore them or whatever because you make you don't have the right. If you did something, you broke the law. They have the justification to be there for uh, it, you know to figure out what's going on. Just show them the type of respect and the whole thing should be resolved uh, very. Uh, applicable, um, you know. So, with that, what we're gonna do right now is we're gonna wrap this bad baby up. Little theme music to go out on a good note. If you guys have any questions for me, go ahead and send me an email to kshedunkuffed at gmail.com. I'm gonna get back to you and we're gonna keep this rolling. Episode 5 is gonna be coming sometime soon. And guess what? We're going to keep doing it up, all right? Um, KCA, uncut, out. <laughs>